throwing back. Touchdown! Wide hold with the kill. And Warner wins the set. Fade away by Moores. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Matic. On this edition, we're talking basketball, high school basketball. South Dakota loves its basketball, and South Dakota really loves its high school basketball. On this edition, we're going to hear from the championship coaches, from the girls and the boys. On the girls' side, two teams that won titles for the very first time and a team that won its seventh, but the first in six years. And on the boys' side, a team getting their sixth title, the first in some 21 years. Another team got their second ever and another with their third. So in this edition, we'll hear from Jared Bowman from White River, Derek Larson from Aberdeen Run Collie, Jamie Parrish from Sioux Falls, Washington. Plus on the boys' side, Jeff Gruenhagen of DeSmet, Mike Scouted of Sioux Falls Christian, and Mitch Begaman of Sioux Falls Roosevelt. The Class B championship went to White River. In fact, the last time uh, the White River girls were in the finals, you got to go back to 1992. And they do it this year. They beat Castlewood uh, in the finals. They get their very first girls championship. And the head coach is Jared Bauman. He joins us here on In Play. And, and uh, Jared, I, I found a stat. Of course, I figured it out uh, that, of course, you've been an, an assistant with the boys for the last 15 years. And you made the state tournament every year as an assistant with Eldon Marshall and now add 16 years in a row being the coach for the girls. That is quite a streak that you're on right now. I don't know very many coaches that have that. Yeah, you know, um, there's, uh, there's some familiarity to uh, going to state tournaments, you know, with the boys program for so long. You know, we've um, had a lot of success and, and been in that environment. And it was great this year to uh, – get the girls to the state tournament and, and then uh, not only get there, but, but capitalize on the opportunity. Did that help you prepare for the state tournament since you've been there, you know, 15 years in a row with the boys? Yeah, I think for sure you kind of go through um, how important, uh, you know, the rest when you're there and also, you know, the nutrition part of it, eating right and making sure that the girls are um, getting enough rest at night and, and, um, having some downtime during the day and, and preparing themselves, you know, not only physically with that recovery, but also, you know, the mental side of it and putting the next, putting the day before his game behind you and, and getting ready to go for the challenge at hand. <laughs> you got the job a week before the season. When did you decide to apply for the job and uh, did you feel a little cramped getting the job a week before the season? Yeah, you know, um, it was it was a pretty last minute decision. You know, they came to me actually and and wanted to know if I wanted to do the girls program. And um, you know, the first one of the first things I did was went out and talked to you know who had been the, the girls coach previously, and and she was all for it. You know, she she was really behind me and, and wanted me to um, fill fill that job and um, felt that I would do really well with it and um, felt that there needed to be some new blood and. and in the job. And, um, so then, you know, after talking with her and, and talking to the wife and, and kind of sitting down, you know, I, I knew, um, there's a lot of time and energy and effort into being a, a championship team and program and how much goes into it, you know, from the boys side. And, um, you know, I decided to jump on board with it. And I told the girls, you know, the day I took the job, I met with the girls and, 
you know, they had no, they, they know me, you know, through the boys, boys program and stuff. And I, I told them, you know, that I'm not going to coach the boys no more. And I'm going to be all in with you girls and, um, you'll have my full attention and my full energy and, um, you know, everything that comes along with it. So, um, they bought in from the get go and, and it was, it was really, uh, a pleasure to coach them this year. What was the preparation like during the first two weeks of the season, knowing that you had taken the job just a week earlier? Yeah, you know, I think those first couple of weeks of um, any year um, is really just focused on how I want them to play defensively, um, just getting them to play play hard, really hard defensively, and understanding the concepts of playing really good man-to-man defense. Um and then as soon as, you know, you kind of turn that page of, okay, they, they understand a little bit about what I want defensively, then you can start kind of putting in some offensive stuff. But that first couple of weeks of the season, you know, um, so much just conditioning and, and not really running sprints, but just playing, practicing um, on the defensive end as hard as you can. Castle, uh, White River did not lose a game to a Class B school. Uh, during the season, uh, you lost to Winner. What was that game like? I think it was like a four-point game. What was it like playing Winner, who was one of the top teams in Class A? Yeah, you know, we had played, you know, a couple of really good Class A schools. We, You know, we met West Central, and then we um, played Ham- Hamill um, earlier in the year, and then Winner came to our place, and, you know, it was, it was a big game, you know. And, um, we, didn't, we just had a really slow start to the game offensively, and we were down, you know, I think we got down by – um, double digits, and then we're able to really battle back in the second half, and, and we never stopped playing hard. We just uh, offensively, we just kind of struggled, and Winter hit some big shots, went on the stretch, and I think we did um, get it tied, or maybe even had the lead uh, midway through the fourth quarter, and then Winter just, um, you know, have some great players and and um, are well coached, and uh, hit a couple of really big shots going down the stretch there, and we're able to um, come away with a four point lead. But the girls never. Um, got you down, you know, I, I told the girls after the game, after that winter game, you know, just, we'll learn from it and, and um, put it behind us and move forward, you know, and I think they really um, did that. We kind of uh, refocused us a little bit and, um, and kind of got back to some of the basics of where we started the year on the defensive end and, and really just kind of um, carried that forward through the rest of the season. Well, White River played nine Class A schools this year. I know you didn't have much of a uh, uh, a voice on, on who you played this year since uh, you got the job uh, right before the season started. But is that something you want to continue uh, down the road playing some of the Class A schools around White River? Yeah, you know, I think it only helps you. You know, it was um, a little different year um, around the area. You know, they uh, canceled the Lakota Nations Invitational on Rapid City, which we usually go out and compete in. Um, so that was able to, we were able to, you know, schedule a winner, um, we're able to get into the um, tournament or the classic in, in Mitchell um, where we played West Central. And um, those quality opponents definitely carry you, um, you know, those A schools and those bigger um, bigger classes definitely help prepare you for postseason play and, and what it's like playing in the state tournament. Jared Bauman, the first-year head coach of White River, as the White River wins the championship. They beat Castlewood in the State B Girls Basketball Tournament. Let's talk about a couple of your players. Of course, Kalen Valandra-Prue, uh, eighth on the all-time scoring list now. But 
You know, she tore her ACL last year, early in the season. You were on the boys' side uh, as an assistant, but what was what was? It, it sounded like she really got into a mode of preparing herself for the basketball season. What did you see from her um, while she was trying to come back from the ACL injury? Yeah, I think a lot of um, credit to um, Kaylin, who you know comes from her mom and dad, and and the commitment that they've made to. Um, making sure that she comes back um, as strong as she possibly could. You know, they were driving um, twice a week out to Sioux Falls to do um, rehab and and to get that knee back to um, where it is today. And, um, you know, anytime you have an injury like that, um, it it takes a toll on a person. You know, I know it took a toll on Kaylin. And just early this year, you know, she got cleared. And it was really her first contact was, uh, physical contact was our first few practices this year and mm. um, just stepping up back on the floor you know it's emotional for her and her family and as the year went on you know she she just got more and more comfortable and um, was able to really put it behind her I think and I think really that you know playing in Mitchell at the Corn Palace where she was injured um, getting over that hurdle and then um just continuing to get stronger and stronger as the year went on. And I think she's still, um, you know, even now probably still getting stronger and stronger as, huh. as she continues her high school career. Well, that injury can be a year and a half, maybe two years to come back from because of being maybe a little tentative playing. Well, she, she did not look during the state tournament very tentative at all with that injury. No, I, I mean, she, just her style of play and, and you know, she's one to – not be tentative, you know, and she's super athletic and she'll, she'll penetrate. She's physical. and um, She draws a lot of contact. You know, she shot a ton of free throws this year. Um, got gets to a line a lot and, and uh, is a very good free throw shooter. Um, so her style of play doesn't lead um, to being tentative. You know, she, she gets after it and, and is a super, super athletic, um, aggressive type of player. Well, she also draws a lot of attention. How does she handle being a, I'll, I'll quote, the star of the team, um, a top player in, in the state? How did she handle it this year? Yeah, I think she um, handles it uh, the best she can. You know, I think she um, focuses on how the team's going to win and, and is humble. And, um, you know, I think gives credit to her teammates and, and she's a vocal leader, you know, and she leads by example and pushes the, pushes the other girls to um, keep getting better and, and um, works hard, you know, not only on the floor in the classroom, you know, she's a, she's, I think she's a three, seven, three, eight student and, um, you know, gets to school every day and, and does all the things that are required to be a great, great student athlete. Malia Estes um, brings that one, two punch for white river. Can you tell me about her progress uh, this year and what it was like for her to be that that player playing along uh, Kaylin Valandra Pru? Yeah, Malia, um, you know, I transferred in at the beginning of the year, and um, she uh, is just a, a, another scoring threat for us. You know, she she's and she has been. You know, I think she scored a thousand point last year um, as a sophomore and. Um, so she's capable of, of putting up big numbers and, and her game is really um, the mid-range game you know it's kind of a lost art of basketball but she really uh, 
can knock down the 15 footer and, and it's comfortable in that, in that area and, and really excels there. And, and she's super competitive, you know, she, she's driven and she's one of the last players to leave, you know, practices, and one of the first players there, hmm. you'll catch her up in the gym on weekends by herself shooting. And, um, she's just all around a really great kid and a, and a heck of a basketball player. And then Nicole Yackley, uh, is there anybody else who has a higher arc uh, for the three-point shot than Nicole? <laughs> that is an amazing <laughs> arc that she has on that shot. And she she made, what, seven or eight threes during the tournament. Yeah, she had a great tournament for us. You know, I think uh, she had three big threes in our uh, Kodak 16 game, too. And then at seven or eight in the state tournament, you know, she – she does a really good job and she understands her role so well. And, and, you know, defensively, uh, you know, all three nights she guarded the other team's point guard and um, did an outstanding job defensively and, and kind of led the, the attack on the defensive end. And, and she's just a great kid and, um, you know, really bought into what her role was on the team and, and accepted it and, and flourished um, in the state tournament. Of course, you have the Morrison sisters. Uh, you use them uh, sometimes as the point uh, during the state tournament, being able to handle the ball, and that certainly gives you a lot more options to, to put Estes and Valandra Peru and, and Yackley in, in various positions on the floor. Yeah, Kelsey uh, ran point for us sometimes this year. You know, she's a, she's a good ball handler and, and is a good decision maker. You know, she's if we get into the moment of um, where it's a little bit chaotic, I can get it in Kelsey's hands. And, she can kind of pull us down a little and, and gain some um, composure on the floor. She's a very composed player, and, and defensively she does a very good job of playing off the ball and playing help side and understanding um, what the offense is trying to do and be able to take some of that away. Um, and Remedy, you know, Remedy's a girl that is undersized. Um, she's only, you know, 5'6", but she's guarded post all year. Um, and just done an outstanding job of using her quickness and um, being able to get around in front and show different positions in the post and um, blocks out every shot. And um, She's also a better scorer than, you know, with Malia and Kaylin um, this year, you know, Remedy's um, number of shots she gets a game has, has went down from last year, and um, she's really bought into that and accepted it and, and – um, you know, she's a capable scorer as well. And, and, you know, the last couple of games of the state tournament, you know, especially that second game, uh, when we played Corsica Stickney, uh, she had a really good second half, you know, she had 12 points in the second half. Yes. So, um, yes. was really a key for us, um, stepping out and making 15 footers. And then in the championship game, I know she had a three there at the end of the third, that um, really kind of opened things up for us. So, um, they both played outstanding in the state tournament. Second game of the tournament, all tied at 50 against Corsica Stickney. You have the ball to uh, end the game. What, 20 seconds or so left in the game? Everybody in the building, I thought that the ball has to go to Kalen Valandra Peru. What was your plan and strategy on that last play of the game where Estes did take the shot and scored and you went to the title game? Yeah, you know, it's a play that we have uh, ran. Um, a ton of times in, in practice. And, uh, you know, I told, I told Maria in the huddle, you know, probably midway through the third quarter, you know, she was kind of struggling offensively and uh, wasn't getting her shot to fall. And I said, Hey, Maria, you know, 
uh, we as a team, we'll, we'll live and die with you shooting that 15-foot jump shot. And, you know, it just so happened then um, going down the stretch there, um, we ran a play where we got it into Kalen and then um, got it to Malia and Remedy set a high ball screen. Kalen kind of cut through and I told Malia, you know, just come off the screen and if you're open, shoot the shot. And if, if they collapse on you, Kalen's going to be open in the corner and just kick it to her. And she came off the screen and, and rose up and knocked it down and um, just a big play at a big time, you know, and, and a great scorer. And I couldn't be happier for Malia. And then the championship game versus Castlewood, uh, uh, Malia Estes was on fire, that short-range jumper. She uh, had eight quick points, and you guys never let up, and it, you guys uh, put the pedal to the metal, and there was no question whatsoever the way you guys played to, to win the championship. A, a very impressive uh, performance by your team on the championship. What did you see in your team that night? You know, I think it just kind of all of the work that we've put in all year and and what I wanted, what I wanted to see out of us, it just kind of all came together that championship game. You know, defensively, we were really, really good. And then um, offensively, we were able to uh, kind of get it into Malia in the high post area, the free throw line area. She did a ton of scoring early for us. And then um, girls were knocking down shots, you know, and Nicole hit a three um, early on there and, and then hit another one in the third quarter. And Remedy stepped out and hit one. And, um, Kaylin was Kaylin, you know, she was aggressive and, and got some stuff in transition, um, was able to get to the free throw line if you, you know, just, just being her, you know, and um, it just kind of all came together. And I thought the key to it all is um, being able to defend uh, the way we defended and, and being physical and, and then rebounding and getting it going. You were so even keeled. Even Steven, uh, I, I didn't see you get all excited. Uh, I'm, uh, that's just the way you are, Jared. Where did that come from? Is, is that something you've always been pretty even on? Yeah, you know, I think um, I can get emotional, you know, and, and show emotion, but it's not like, especially coaching girls, it's a, it's a different it's a different ballgame coaching girls. You know, I think they appreciate uh, the evenness. And I, I told the girls, you know, let's not get too high and let's not get too low. And let's just play as hard as we can together. And, you know, that's all I can ask of them. And and if I, you know, get crazy and am jumping around and, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just not, it's not who I am either. You know, it's not my personality. And, and I try to stay um, pretty reserved and, and um, you know, not maybe on the inside, you know, I'm showing emotion, you know, but, um, <laughs> try to at least show the girls, you know, that, that evenness and that hard work and, you know, the preparation that I put into it. And I, I think that they've seen, you know, through the year, how much I care and, and uh, just the work that, you know, I put into it and, and it shows, you know, they go out and, and believe in me and, and play how I want them to, to play. And it's, it's awesome to watch. Two questions for you, Jared. One, what was it like? Having Eldon Marshall, the boys' coach, the uh, the uh, head coach that you've been the assistant for for the last fifteen years, what was it like having him there at the state tournament this year? Yeah, you know it's awesome. Eldon and I, um, you know, we talk every day still, you know, and it wasn't an easy easy decision um, to leave the boys' program. You know, we've had so much success together, and and um, 
you know, but Alvin was all for it too. You know, um, we have a really good young boys assistant, Justice Morrison, who was in our program and, and was really eager to, um, you know, he was going to help with the boys anyway. So that made my decision to um, step over the girls a lot easier to have him fill in that, that role. Cause I knew he would, he would do a really good job with it. Um, but yeah, Alvin's been, been awesome. You know, we've done a lot together and, um, with the boys and, um, he was, you know, one of the first people to come up and congratulate me. And I think he was just as excited about it as I was you know, <laughs> happy for the girls. And, um, you know, he knows, he knows how hard it is and how much work it takes to, um, be at that level and, uh, you know, make the most out of the opportunity while you're there. Cause it's not, you know, getting there and getting the state championship game, but then, you know, being able, being able to go and win that game, it just doesn't happen every day, every day or every year, you know, so I'm um, just making the most out of the opportunity that you have. Well, you know, you got some extra time to prepare before next season. Uh, what's next? When will you uh, get going again? Yeah, you know, um, we'll let, um, let Kaylin and the crew run run their track season, and then um, so we'll get in some summer stuff, you know, and um I know there's a couple of team camps that we're we're gonna go to, and a couple of summer league things going on. And hopefully, it'll be a get a couple of weeks here to kind of regroup, and and I know the girls will be ready to get back in the gym when that time comes. The Class A champions, a first-time champion, and what a run they had in the postseason! It was. Aberdeen Ron Colley winning its very first girls basketball championship and the head coach Derek Larson joining us here on in play uh, coach you were the four seed it was your fifth appearance your fourth straight your other appearance was back in 2013 what has been the difference with Aberdeen Ron Colley girls basketball here in the last eight years uh you know I don't know if there's a huge difference other than just the athletes we've had um you know, when I when I started here in in 2000, I think it was 2009 as the head girls coach. Um, you know, we they hadn't been particularly successful uh, before that, and uh, <clears throat> I had a really good group of kids uh, that graduated in 2013 for our first uh, for our first state title appearance in 2013, and it was just a great group of kids, um, a really good group of athletes. Uh, we didn't have any size that year, but um, those kids would do about anything for you. Um, and, you know, still still look back at that team. And, um, you know, we won our first-round game that year, and then we lost to Harrisburg the, the last year that they were in Class A uh, mm-hmm. in the semifinal night. So, That's right. um, you know, we had a really good year that year. And, you know, since then, we just had a great group of kids come through, a really good group of athletes come through that have really put in a lot of time and effort uh, into basketball. You know, COVID uh, took out so much uh, for the summer and, and then the fall. What was it like for your kids uh, to even try to get ready to play basketball this year? Yeah, you know, um, the ending the season the way we did last year, you know, um, you know, make qualifying for the state tournament, and then having, uh, you know, finding out right prior to that that we were unable to play was uh, pretty disheartening. You know, having a good group of seniors that year, and then uh, going into the summer, you know, not knowing what the summer was going to look like. Um, you know, we were able to have like four person workouts in our gym for a while. Um, once July rolled around, it seemed like it, things opened up a lot more. 
Uh, you know, we're a, we're a group that typically goes to some team camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were unable to do that last summer. Uh, so there was definitely a lot of uncertainty, you know, going into the fall. I think not just uncertainty with our own school, but uncertainty in the entire state, you know. Uh, start of the year, I don't think many people thought we were probably going to get to get through the fall season. And um, we ended up getting through the fall season at our school with not many cases. And then, uh, you know, once basketball hit, we uh, kind of hit full stride, I guess. Well, you had, I think you have five players on your basketball squad that also played volleyball. When when did you feel the the team was playing really well, that you were almost running in all cylinders and playing some really good basketball? Well, we started out the year um, pretty pretty successfully. I think we started out 12-0. and um, You know, we hadn't really played a, a great schedule to that point. Um, but we kind of had a rough stretch in uh, end of end of January, early February. Um, we had a tough one against Groton on the road. We uh, lost to Hamlin by one on our home floor. Uh, and then we went to the DAC-12 Challenge, uh, DAC-12 NEC Challenge, and <clears throat> kind of got handled by West Central. Um, and that was, you know, looking back, that was the last game we lost. Um, you know, that was a really pivotal game for us. And I think kind of an eye-opener of, you know, we need to get back to work and get back to doing things the way we want to. And kind of from that point on, we really – stepped up our game on the defensive end. Um, and that's kind of where we really hung our hat for the rest of the season. I think you lost by 16 to West Central. What happened in that game? Um, you know, they just kind of got into us. We weren't, we weren't used to the speed that they had. Their, their guards were so fast. and They scored a ton of points in transition, and we turned the ball over a lot. Um, it, didn't, it didn't help that we didn't shoot the ball particularly well that game. Um, but you know, they had, they really matched up with us. Well, they had a six, two post player. So did we, and their guards were just more than we could handle that night. <laughs> I, I heard you say that the last four games of the playoffs was the best defense that you played all year. What explain what that defense was and what you guys were doing? Well, I don't think we did anything, you know, in particularly uh, different. I just thought our kids had a mindset and an attitude that, you know, we were not going to give up points. And, um, you know, you go into the Redfield game, you know, they have a really good player in Addison Roselle averaging 20-plus points a game. And <clears throat> we beat them earlier in the year, but they were playing a lot better at the end of the season. And to hold them to 15 points, I think, was just a, you know, an eye-opener for us that, you know, we can play defense this well. Um, you know, then going into the state tournament and uh, holding Christian to, in the 30s and, and then St. Thomas Moore in the 30s, and then Hamlin to 31. Um, I think they were, again, the girls just really bought into what we wanted to do, and uh, we really preached that if you can play defense, you can win, and uh, we definitely did that towards the end of the season. One senior on your club, typically you get, you know, three, four, five seniors on the club, and, you know, they're your leaders, but you only had one. You must have had uh, some excellent leadership from some of your juniors. So what was that like this year for you? Yeah, you know, um, uh, our senior, our lone senior, Alyssa Hamrick, um, didn't score the most points for sure. She was in the, you know, six to eight point range, maybe 10 per game. Uh, had an 18 point point, point performance against uh, Aberdeen Christian, but she was really our, our go-to person when it came to leadership, whether it was on the floor with her energy or whether, whether it was, you know, off the floor organizing our team to do different team functions. Um, she was a, she had just been great this year for us. But like you said, only having that one senior, uh, we definitely had to rely on a lot of juniors to kind of carry some heavy weight. And, um, you know, 
the three that made the all-tournament team, Olivia Hansen and Morgan Feather and Madeline Bragg, uh, played a, a huge role for us this year in, in points and rebounds. Um, those guys really kind of filled the stat sheets when Alyssa was maybe more of the unsung hero, I guess. You know, Bragg and Hamrick also play volleyball. What has their progress been like over the last few years, playing volleyball and basketball, trying to handle both sports? I mean, sometimes you have to do that in, in the smaller schools. But how about their progress when it comes to basketball with Bragg and Hamrick uh, for your team? Uh, yeah, you know, they're two really good volleyball players also. I think Alyssa was a, a second-team All-State volleyball player. And, you know, if you look back at, our team this year for basketball I think there was one kid only that didn't play a fall sport whether it was soccer or cross country or volleyball our our team was full of people that are multi-sports athletes and I don't think we have anyone that just plays basketball only and like you said at a small school you're going to be required almost to, to do some of those other things that at bigger schools you don't have to That's do right. they're in the um, band you know, and fine those, arts and all that all other good stuff Exactly. You know, Alyssa, uh, for example, is in band. Uh, she's on the dance team, you know, so doubleheader night, she's dancing uh, <laughs> at halftime of the boys game. Oh, so, that's great. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of kids doing a lot of different things that, uh, you know, maybe doesn't happen at a double-A school. He's Derek Larson as Aberdeen Roncalli in Class A wins their first ever girls basketball tournament. They beat Hamlin 48-31. But Derek, let's go to that semifinal game. You, know, you beat Sioux Falls Christian in the quarterfinals and immediately that St. Thomas More name is there. You, you never had beaten them. What kind of psyche was going on prior to the St. Thomas More game to get this team ready to play in the semis? Yeah, you know, um, it's funny that we, we get to the state tournament and get, play a bunch of teams. You know, I, I'm guessing, I don't know. I don't think our, our basketball team has ever beaten Sioux Falls Christian either. And, you know, I don't think we had a lot of people thinking that we were going to beat Sioux Falls Christian. And then like you said, once we beat them, when we had St. Thomas More on the docket, um, we had never, for sure, never beaten them in my time here. Uh, last year, they hit a, a, a kind of a last-second shot to beat us by one. Uh, we were up two. They hit a three with about three seconds to go and, and beat us on our home floor last year. And we'd seen them quite a few times, playing them in a, kind of our Cavalier Classic that we have hosted. And, um, you know, I had never had the opportunity to, to beat them. And, I don't think the the kids, especially our juniors, um, had always played really competitively against them at the C level and JV level, and now at the varsity level. I don't think they had that, uh, you know, fear in their mind or ever had a, a sense of that we were going to for sure lose. Uh, they had that mindset going in that we could we could play with these guys, and um, you know, it came down to the last couple seconds and. And we were fortunate to, to make two huge free throws down the stretch. What was the key for you that night against St. Thomas More? Well, again, similar like we've talked about is is the defense that we played. Again, holding them to 35 points, I think, was their season low. Um, you know, we had to have some things obviously go our way with them missing a free throw down the stretch and us, you know, getting fouled with a second to go and making two huge free throws. Things really had to align up for, for us to do that. But, um, you know, really emotional win for, for our ball club that night. I did see the video of the free throws and the crowd going crazy. What was the atmosphere like in Watertown? Yeah, you know, the atmosphere in Watertown, um, both the second and third nights were kind of second to none. Um, you know, we, we really told our kids, you know, really take this all in because this doesn't get to happen everywhere during a state tournament. Um, we knew, obviously, we were going to have a big crowd the second night after winning the first one. And 
Um, yeah, when we made those free throws and the, car- the crowd erupted, uh, Olivia kind of gave that fist pump. Um, it was it was just it was just awesome and kind of sort of a surreal moment uh, to to be in. When you win the game, the semifinals against St. Thomas More, did you have to calm them down a little bit to start focusing on Hamlin, a team that you lost to during the regular season? What was that twenty four hour stretch like before the championship? You know, um, I think I think after that, I mean, it was a really emotional win again, beating them for the first time ever, St. Thomas More. Um, that was a really emotional one for us, and uh, the the fans that showed support uh, in the hallway behind the the bleachers was just a cool experience to be a part of. Uh, but like you said, we knew that we didn't want to be satisfied, you know, making the state title game. And I don't think I think everyone uh, you know on a roster had that same mentality that we were going to go into this thing uh, to win it. Um, and and uh, I don't think there was a lot of things we needed to say. I think everyone, like I said, had that same mindset of. Well, if we're going to be here and we're going to play Hamlin, who we haven't beat since 2013, <laughs> uh, we're going to need to play well. And I think, again, them coming in, watching watching film and, and doing that kind of stuff that night, I think really got us prepared. What are you going to remember most about 2021 when you hear about state basketball? What What is going to come to your mind first? Um, I think just the, uh, you know, the couple things. Number one, um, from the start of the year, I don't think many people thought we were going to be in the state tournament. You know, preseason poll, we weren't in there. And um, I think we kind of played under the radar most of the season. And we really kind of hung our hat on um, playing that underdog role. Um, secondly, I think we can we can say that we really defended well. And, and uh, we definitely didn't score the most points in the state for sure this year. But we really, I think, brought it on the defensive end almost every night. And I think those two things are really what we can look back on and say, we're really happy with the success we had with those two things. Well, next year is going to be a lot different too. Instead of not being in a preseason poll, you might be the number one team. You got almost everybody back. And then of course you're moving down to class B next year. It'll be a little different feeling when the season gets going. Yeah. You know, we, we told our kids, you know, we, we just won class A. We're going to have a huge target on our back. Um, you know, we're going to get everyone's best performance because they're, playing the number one team in the previous year. And, um, you know, I, I, I think our, our kids will be excited for that. But, uh, you know, nothing's a guarantee. You know, there's just because you were successful the year before, there's a lot of things that can happen between here and then. Um, you know, so, again, we, we really want to make sure we celebrate this one. But uh, we are looking forward to next year. But definitely, you know, nothing nothing's guaranteed as the next season rolls around. The Sioux Falls Washington Warriors win the championship as they beat Rapid City Central and then Sioux Falls O'Gorman and in the championship Rapid City Stevens to win their first title since 2015, their third title in the last eight years. And the head coach of the Warriors, Jamie Parrish. Jamie, congratulations on the title. You won a title with Vermilion in 2007. You got to Washington in 2015. You won a title there in your first year. Warriors went uh, back-to-back. And then it's been six years uh, since you win the title game. Uh, what What's going through your mind right now, uh, knowing the kind of team you had and what they did to win the title? You know, we, we look back at uh, at last February with this group of kids. Um, at that point, we were starting uh, 
gosh, a freshman, a sophomore, and three juniors. And, uh, and we were getting better. We were kind of getting things figured out in February. And we had talked with our coaches, and they said, you know, here's, here's what we want to accomplish. We want to have a good showing at the tournament. And that didn't necessarily mean winning it, but, you know, give this young group of kids a taste of it. And then we were looking forward to having a great summer, knowing that we were bringing all those kids back and, you know, kind of setting ourselves up for this opportunity. And, uh, and then COVID hit, which, uh, you know, drastically changed everybody's plans. Um, so, you know, it was, there was a little more feeling out uh, at the beginning of the year. We knew things that we wanted to get to, but, uh, you know, you're doing them on a, on a condensed timeline. You're doing them, uh, you know, making sure that everybody's healthy, that kids are being screened. You know, we've got kids who are not at school because they're close contacts. So, um, you know, minus, minus the basketball, just getting through this season and giving kids an opportunity to have a tournament at all is a uh, huge hats off to all of our administrators and the people at, uh, you know, the activities association and, uh, you know, and then with our kids, obviously to stay focused through that, to uh, have an opportunity and, and, you know, played really well all three games uh, during the course of the weekend is, is just outstanding. Because of COVID last, last summer, was it more that the kids had to do more individual things rather than, the team camps and, and doing things together. Oh yeah. You know, we, we always put a big uh, premium on our summertime. Uh, we kind of call it the summer season where we know that we're going to have the kids get together and play, you know, 15 or 20 games just at random little uh, team camps or tournaments and uh, getting together and playing up and down. Um, sometimes even against the coaches, if we're a little shorthanded and uh, our kids did not play face-to-face basketball. Um, until the first day of tryouts, mm. uh, you know, we were, yeah, we were at that point. It was, uh, everything was skill work. Uh, you know, one kid, one basketball and nobody guarded anybody face to face. Now I'm also not going to make it sound worse than what it is. We had kids <laughs> who were running around the country doing summer basketball and, um, running with their AAU programs. But, um, as far as our team, uh, playing and guarding each other, we went from, uh, we went from the day of the shutdown all the way till the first day of tryouts before those kids could play together. Mm-hmm. Well, plus during the fall, you've got Sydney Shetnan and uh, Jacalinga Wenantanda. They're playing volleyball. I mean, they're playing volleyball. Were you worried about those two possibly getting hurt during the volleyball season? No, we make a big push um, for our kids. We want them to be multi-sport kids, and that's something that uh, came from Jamie Nold. And, uh, you know, probably before Jamie, but Jamie was my first experience. And, you know, he basically told me when I walked in the door at Washington that we, uh, we support other sports, we support other people, uh, we promote multi-sport athletes. And if you're not interested in doing that, then you're probably not the right guy for this job. <laughs> so, uh, you know, out of our 12 kids that uh, finished the year on the varsity, um, I know 10, I think 11 of them were in a fall sport. Um, and you know, that's a high priority for us. We think that, uh, you know, it balances you as a person, but it also balances you as an athlete. You know, you might be, um, uh, starting on the basketball team, but you got to be on the bench as a volleyball player. And that makes a difference in how you treat people to have that different perspective. 
And uh, it also, you know, it trains your muscles differently too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the overuse injuries that we see so much in sports right now um, comes from a lot of those kids deciding in the sixth and seventh grade they're only going to do one thing. So at Washington, that's not our emphasis. In fact, we, we do everything we can to discourage it, to get them out for more activities. Shetnan and Wenantanda, though, I've, I've watched them the last three years. Uh, three years ago, uh, I watched them, and they've come a long way. Kind of explain what you've seen in their development in the game of basketball between, let's first talk about Sidney Shetnan at 6'5", and going to go play volleyball at Louisville and uh, maybe even some basketball there. You know, Sid, uh, actually, Sid's on a basketball scholarship at Louisville. Um, but uh, when she really took off, in fact, I'll, I'll even take a step back. Um, she's a kid that we talk to all the time. And I just told her as a coming in as a freshman, I said, Sid, Coach Schroeder and I will never make you pick one. We're never going to overlap our camps. We're never going to make this difficult for you. Mm. You know, we want you to do both. And uh, I look back. You know, as when she was a freshman and a sophomore, she was all in on volleyball. And basketball was something that she did, um, I think, with a little bit of pressure from the family, from grandpa and aunts and uncles and everybody else. But uh, we never put her on that spot. And suddenly it would have been at the end of her sophomore year, uh, she decided to take off for a tournament. Um, I think it was down in Kansas City. And before she left the tournament, the basketball tournament, she had an offer from uh, two or three division one schools. <laughs> and at that point it was, it was an eye opening mm-hmm. uh, opportunity for her. She's like, Oh, wow. You know, I know coach keeps saying that I'm pretty good at this, but you know, there's other people that think I'm pretty good at this. And, uh, uh, you know, it changed her focus. She started to spend a little more time working on some skills and, um, you know, just, got so much better you know by the time she was a junior she just blew up with uh, the things that she was able to do you know six five is six five but being able to run and catch um you know play out to about 15 feet um shoot the basketball and do some things is a uh it's a rare rare skill set for somebody of that size and then you got when in tanda when i saw her three years ago she wasn't six two she has she's grown a few inches. What about her development? What have you seen in her? She's just, she's a junior and we'll be back next year. You know, she is, she's just relentless in her work ethic. Um, in fact, she is a kid that during volleyball and basketball, we need to tell her, you know, Hey, we just had three games this week. You don't get to go to the wellness center at five o'clock in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> you need to stay home. And, uh, and it's, it's hard to convince her of that. You know, because she just wants to, she's just driven to want to be in the gym on a daily basis. She wants to get in there. She wants to get shots up. Um, she wants to work on things. And, you know, what a what an awesome problem to have as a coach is I have to tell a kid to shoot a little bit less and to not work so darn hard. But, uh, you know, she is, uh, that work ethic has put her right where she is. And, you know, a, a lot of that could be on display. If you saw there was a stretch in that late in the O'Gorman game where uh, she came down the floor and she got two assists, you know, real quick to throw five points on the board for us. And then I think she scored 10 straight, if I, uh, if I remember correctly. And, I mean, just absolutely dominated that portion of the basketball game. And uh, I'd like to say it was good coaching, but it's not. You know, <laughs> she's just a really good player, and we told the kids to give her the ball and uh, see what happens. So uh, that, that was 
that was a fun stretch of basketball to be a part of. He's Jamie Parrish, the head coach of the Washington Warriors. They win the title. They beat Rapid City Stevens. It is Jamie's third title as a coach. Won the title with Washington in 2015 and, of course, this year. and Also back in 2007 when he coached at Vermillion. Back in January, you lost to St. Thomas More and then Harrisburg. I mean, that was back-to-back losses. Was there a little concern at that time for your team? No, no concern. And, uh, you know, I kind of reflect back on what I, what I started the conversation with you is um, we wanted to have a good state tournament and a big summer, knowing that we were going to change some things and teach new things. And um, at that point in the season, we just weren't ready. We didn't execute the things that we were trying to do, and we needed um, we needed more time. We needed more coaching. Uh, we needed to make things simpler for them as a coaching staff. So my coaches and I, we sat down for a long time and talked about it. And, um, you know, the other part that sometimes may be a blessing in disguise, it was a heck of a lot easier to tell them we needed to get better at stuff after two losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if we had gone in there and been a little bit floppy and still won, mm-hmm. uh, you don't you don't get the same attention from the kids as we were able to get after two losses in that same week. And uh, after that, if I remember correctly, um, we had a game that was against O'Gorman that uh, got canceled uh, with a snow, and then we picked it up on Saturday. And after that, we kind of blew up. You know, our kids really started to. Um, about the second quarter of that game started to figure out what we were doing defensively. Um, they started to talk more and trust each other more and, and fix problems as they arose. You know, there were times where in the past we would have used the timeout and said, Hey, we need to do this. And, uh, they started talking to each other on the floor and making defensive adjustments and basically coaching themselves, which, uh, you know, when your kids have that, feeling of confidence that they know what they're talking about and they have that desire and competitiveness to do that in the moment. It's, uh, you know, as a coach, you're really lucky at that point. You've, uh, <laughs> you've just put them in a place to be successful and now you just got to try to, you know, just try to keep them motivated and, you know, steer the bus. Jamie in the state tournament, you played rapid city central first. You didn't play central or Stevens. During the regular season, um, did you have a little concern about those two teams, knowing that you hadn't you hadn't faced them all season long? Well, uh, there's always that part of uh, being unfamiliar. That uh, you know, it'd be nice to have them on the have been on the schedule, and then you get that feeling for how quick and how tall and those types of things. But we also felt it was an advantage for us because they hadn't played us either. Um, we did some things different defensively this year that. Um, I don't know if you can practice them or if you can prepare for them. Uh, so we felt good, you know, from that aspect, knowing that uh, those guys didn't have an opportunity to play against us and figure things out. So, it, it, you know, it's a two-way street. We were, you know, it, I could have looked at the other situation. Did we want to play O'Gorman a third time? You know, because now they'd had two t- doses of it mm-hmm. and, you know, had an opportunity and their coaches made some great adjustments and we had to battle our tails off to hold on to that one on Friday night. Your uh, two uh, top scorers did not score much at all in the uh, championship game. Uh, what was the key in the win against Rapid City Stevens? I mean, uh, when and Tonda and Shetnan only had six points for you, even though you got out to a very quick start. 
Uh, you know, it was uh, the first thing was hats off to Coach Brooks. Uh, he did a heck of a job defensively of trying to take away our two best kids, and uh, it, it did a really good job. Um, a couple of reasons. Reason number one, uh, her name's Eden Hollinger. Um, showed up, man, what a great game she had. Um, led us in scoring, made some threes, got to the basket. I think she had about six assists. She was a huge difference maker in that basketball game. The other thing that we were able to uh, rely upon is is our depth. Um, we made a commitment this year to trying to play eight, nine, maybe even ten kids on any given night. And uh, those kids stepped up and made plays for us. You know, Brooklyn Hart made some really good plays for us offensively and defensively. Taylor Thompson came in and gave uh, Shetland a little bit of a break and rebounded the ball and did a great job. Uh, Hannah Harp, twin sister, um, was really good defensively. Uh, Lexus Motley comes in there and is really athletic and did some things for us as well. So, you know, our depth is something that uh, we preached all year. You know what? You never know when your number is going to get called. And, uh, you know, those kids showed up and did some things for us. Four seniors on your team. Uh, what does this team look like next year? Certainly, Wen and Tonda will be mentioned a lot uh, next year for you guys. Yeah, Jackalinga will uh, have a much different role, a lot bigger role. But uh, we also like the fact that we have four really experienced kids coming back. You know, even though we had four outstanding seniors, um, we have four kids who played a lot of varsity basketball. And um, will there be growing pains as they, you know, grow into bigger roles? Absolutely. But they got to see Brielle Beitler and Jaden Warner and Eden and uh, Sid Shetman, um, how they prepared. They got to see what those kids did in big moments of big games. Um, you know, I'll go back to the end of that O'Gorman game, and our seniors just made plays. You know, after Jackalinga uh, gave us the lead, uh, the senior kids stepped up and had some huge defensive stops. They made some huge free throws. And, you know, when you watch that and learn from that, that's, uh, that's hopefully, you know, as a coach, you say that uh, hopefully your tradition gets passed down from year to year. And uh, that's what we hope with these, uh, these youngsters. Um, they'll be experienced, but hopefully they've learned some lessons by watching those older kids. One last one for you, Jamie. This year's team kind of reminds me a lot of the uh, Vermilion team you had in 07 because you had two really good players in 07 and a pretty good supporting cast. Would I would I be kind of close? You know, uh, yeah, that, that would be, you know, we had two uh, basically first-team All-Staters. And, uh, you know, when we won it in 15 at Washington, uh, we had good hope in Arrington too. So it's uh, – yeah. You know, yeah. that, that might be a, a yeah. secret to coaching. Is yeah. if, if you have two All-Staters on your team, uh-huh. uh, you got a, you got a chance. <laughs> What's next for you, Jamie? Um, do you think you can uh, get get back to the team camps and do stuff again this summer? Is it, is, it, is it possible? Well, you know what? I feel, and I'm not a doctor, and I'm going to follow advice from uh, people who make more money and make those decisions, but uh, <laughs> I feel like with our student-athletes, that uh, I feel like it's relatively safe. You know, I feel like it's something that, uh, that could possibly happen. But again, I'm not going to put myself in a position where uh, I need to tell the CDC or Mr. Malchow or anybody else how to do their jobs. But uh, we really feel like we're making progress. And our kids are, um, our kids are just chomping at the bit. You know, they are 
I've already got a couple text messages. Hey, when do open gym start? When does this start? And, uh, and I've, my rule has always been, Hey, uh, March and April, it's a lockdown. We're done. You guys go do other stuff. Uh, we're going to try to, uh, coach pressure them into getting out for track and maybe doing something like that. But, uh, then in May we start to bring them back around and start shooting and, um, try to start building for that next opportunity. In the Class B boys' ranks, it was a team that, you know, they've been accustomed in years past to making the state tournament, but they had not won a title since 1999. They did it this year, the DeSmet Bulldogs, as they defeated Aberdeen Christian 59-43. And the head coach, Jeff Gruenhagen, joins us on EM Play. You know, Jeff, you were an assistant girls coach for five years. You were an assistant boys coach at DeSmet for a year before you became the head coach four years ago. What was that like in your development as a coach, being with the girls first, then an assistant with the boys, before taking over the program at DeSmet? Oh, I think that really helped me, you know, adjust to high school age kids and, you know, and just the game and how it moves. And every year was just so much different, you know, the, the different kids that you have, you have to coach differently and, and that made it uh, able for us to just learn a lot in a in short periods of time. You know, it is tough for teams and schools year in and year out to to be really good. The, there, there's always going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride. But boy, Desmet in the '90s, seven times Desmet was there, uh, but only five times since 1999. It, it, has it been a, a tough roller coaster ride uh, here in the last few, you know, in the last 20 years? Yeah, it's been a little, uh, little tough. You know, the '90s were great. Late '80s, when we got out of high school, and you just kind of get used to, you know, state tournament time. Your odds are good you're going to the state tournament. And then we, we kind of quit going a little bit. And there was a football title there in the early 2000s, and we thought we'd get back, but just uh, other teams had a little bit more talent and better stuff. There was still, you know, DeSmet had great teams, but sure. it was just great competition that prevented us from getting in those. And, and for us, we always say it was just too long of a drought before we got back there. Well, and it helps too, when you get, get some talent, I tell you what, you know, I think four years ago when you became the head coach, you saw this group, uh, that were what probably freshmen or eighth graders or sophomores, and you were able to develop them what did you see when you first became the head coach four years ago? Yeah, that was when I became the head coach. I was an assistant coach and Tom Hook was our head coach and he's a DeSmet guy and we kind of expected him to stay and, you know, just a better situation came up for him down at DWU. And, you know, we knew this group was coming through and my son was going to be a senior and Coach Hook told me that, you know, you have no problem coaching these guys and you'll be good at it. And I was skeptical, but you know, we did it and we got through that year and, and we were able to get a lot better by the time I settled in from start to finish, you know, then we were able to win our region and get in that first ever round of 16. But, you know, unfortunate for us as we got in at the 16, we had to play the one Bridgewater Emory that year and we came up about 12 points short and, but it was just a great experience that the boys fought that long and, you know, had a chance to, maybe try to get an upset and, and that just made it really fun well then the next year you're in the state title game i mean you're you're up against clark willow lake uh, what, what was that what was that transition like from from that first year to that second year yeah and that was a really 
you know, I'd say almost kind of a, a strange type of thing because we went from uh, Kalen Gary and Red Austis and those guys that were, you know, they were going to come in and be freshmen. In the eighth grade, they played in our JV, but they weren't able to play on the varsity. So we had actually graduated. My son's class had, I believe, six seniors in it, you know, and four of them started. So we graduated, you know, we kind of cleaned house that year. Uh So when when those freshmen came in, we had Ethan McCune, who started with those guys a little bit, but he was really the only one that had played much, you know, and we had uh, Trevin Holland, who was a senior that year. He had sat out the year before half of the season with an injury, and he was coming back. So that was kind of our two guys, and everybody else was going to be, you know, play it as it goes. And <laughs> Cody and Ethan really stepped in there with Trevin, and and uh, it was just uh, turned into a pretty good year with uh, Rhett and Kalen as freshmen, little guys. But, you know, by the time that season got over, you know, we were winning games, and we were winning games people thought we weren't going to win. And it was just uh, – just kind of kept going, and we gained momentum, and just kept on going right to state tournament. Uh, that was was that the twenty one and two year, or was no? That was twenty three and three, I believe, uh, that year. And uh, and then mm-hmm. you get five starters that return uh, this year. I mean, these guys that you have, most of these star- starters that you have on the team, you guys went sixty nine and six uh, in the last the, last three years. Yep. I believe that would be close. Yep, that yes. would be close. Um, so you know, as far as how how did you guys keep them? How did you keep them motivated? Uh, to well, to, to, they were young guys, and they knew the you know, the first year we wound up going eighteen and two, I believe, regular season. Uh, Rhett and Kalen are freshmen. Cody and Ethan are sophomores, and uh, Trevin was our senior. And we were, you know, no one expected us to do that type of thing, but you know they went that. But we had a lot of close games, you know, and they won those close games, but. And it was rough and physical because we were smaller guys, but that really, you know, for them to learn and just be more physical and get bigger, they just kept adapting to things. And then I was also learning as they were, uh, you know, we can do this style of offense and this style of offense, but we can't do, you know, another deal or, you know, just had to be picky about what we did and what we implemented. And sometimes put in something one week and just scrap it out the next week and start with something new. And it got to be where it was almost almost like uh, one of your starters would start a sentence and the other four would finish the sentence because they knew everything that, that each one could do. There's yeah, and that just comes with being together. You know, you play 20-plus games a year, and you get used to people, and then you go play 20 more games in the summertime and just get used to being around. And they never get uh, tired of being around playing basketball, so that's the, the great part of those guys. When the season started this year, we all know that COVID just blew things up a year ago, and you guys were the top seed a year ago and, and couldn't play the tournament, but you got back again this year. How difficult was it for these guys to uh, maybe go to camps and do some team things over the past year? Yeah, that was a, it was tough when we got going in the summer. You know, The only real summer thing we did was like the Pentagon League where we play a couple games a week. And, you know, it wasn't the same as where we go and do three more camps or play five games on a weekend. You know, it just wasn't the same. You know, we hadn't been together, hadn't prepped that long. And then these guys are all football players. and They had a really great football team last year. So, you know, then we kind of take a a couple months there in the fall where we don't do a ton of stuff. We maybe shoot a little bit and, and that's about it. So, you know, we weren't together as much as we were the previous summers. But said they knew each other, they're used to each other. It's just 
being around, you know, that, that didn't seem to play into too much of an effect of it. He's Jeff Gruenhagen, the head coach of the DeSmet Bulldogs. They win the Class B title, their sixth overall title, the first since 1999. How tough is, is it as a basketball coach to watch you guys play football? <laughs> oh, not too bad here. I mean, I know they're, you know, somebody might get hurt, somebody might do that, but they're doing stuff they love to do. You know, we're like, well, if we get them back mid-season basketball, you know, if somebody does get hurt, not a big deal. You know, we, we hope nobody – Nobody gets a big injury or anything like that. And, and uh, you know, then it's just fun to watch because they love to do it. And they're just super competitive guys. They just hate to lose at anything. And, uh, you know, you just wish them the best and, and hope for the best and take what you get at the end. But, but we've been fortunate, and hopefully that continues. Your first game in the state tournament, it's Lower Brule. They came in as the number eight seed. It's an up-and-down team. Uh, what was your concern about Lower Brule? Because uh, you got out to a, a real quick start in that game. Yeah, we were really concerned with their their speed. The three guys for them, they had uh, the two thighs, and then uh, LaRoche, who we knew we could really fill it up. You know, I talked to a lot of coaches, kind of scouting, trying to feel them out. You know, and that was the message I got from them was, you know, don't overlook them because they're an eight seed. You know, they had lost a few games during the year. So they can really play offense. And defensively, they come out and, you know, they're going to try to steal it from you, play zone, play a couple different zones. but you know, many of them are just shots going in the basket. They kind of proved that against White River the other day as they're down 18, and then pretty soon it's tied just like that. And we knew we had to come out and, and just play good defense and, and contest shots and, and make sure we got that we got in their head and made sure that you know we established we're going to play defense, defense on you all day long, so these shots are going to be tough on everyone. Well, you had uh, three starters and then one come off the bench, all double figures. Uh, so much balanced scoring. Has that pretty much been the theme for DeSmet boys basketball, the way it comes on scoring? I mean, you have Galen uh, as, as your – Galen Gary is, is your top scorer, but I think the rest of your team, you, you were pretty even throughout the whole season. Yep, Galen is our leader. I think he's around 23 points a game. And then everybody else is, I think I got a 10, 9, 8, and a couple of seven points right. a game, and it's just a – that's the way it is here, I guess I would say, or has been in DeSmet. We don't have a ton of 1,000-point scores. Got a whole lot of 500-point scores, but, <laughs> you know, just everybody willing to make that extra pass and just play the team game and go attack it that way. When you have a real special guy, of course, you feed him the basketball. Kalen, he just – the ball seems to find him. He just makes himself open and – but everybody's good with that. You know, Damon had such a good tournament that he did. everybody was good with, hey, he comes off the bench, but we're going to get him the basketball all night long. Well, Viberg Hurley was in the semifinals, and you're behind 10-8 at the end of the first quarter, a physical game. Were you a little concerned at that point in time? Uh, yep, we were concerned. We were, you know, kind of standing on offense. They weren't letting us, you know, drive to the basket. There was no gap to attack, and they were coming at us under the rim a little bit. You know, they stretched that lead, I think, out to, I don't know if it was 1910. Yep. You know, something like that. <laughs> Good memory. <Almost>, uh, <laughs> we were down nine, and, you know, I, I remember saying, well, we're going to have to get a timeout here if we don't score, and we got a basket and uh, got a couple more. And Damon got in there, and we started finding him with the basketball, and that was just a huge turnaround for us and just uplifting, and he did a great job of uh, guarding Sherman and, and making him – be there we got a couple fouls there and that really helped just get that momentum and when we went in the locker room at halftime with the lead 
know, then the guys were settled in and they were relaxed. And then we were pretty confident at that point that, you know, we was, we withstood their, their shot at, at getting away from us. And, and now we were going to close it out. I never did see any faces of your team uh, of any fear or concern. Uh, they all look pretty, pretty normal, pretty uh, relaxed uh, during the tournament. Yep. Been in, you know, a lot of big games and those guys as, as freshmen played in a lot of big games. And then you would see those mistakes and those have steadily dropped off just with the maturity and, and adjustment. And I think they really matured, you know, their first year back when we went to the championship game, those last 10 games of the season were so different from the first 10 games of the season that they just learned a lot, you know, and then the second year, last year, the schedule got harder and they just kept adjusting and, and they, they're now more physical, more athletic, and their basketball IQ has just stayed high. And it's, it's just fun to coach those guys because they adjust so fast. Well, the championship game, you go up against a, a really hot Aberdeen Christian team, a team that can really hit it from the outside. In fact, they had uh, like 10 threes in the game. You, uh, you, were, you led the, the whole way. Uh, and just ran away with it. They tried to stop Kalen Gary with a bigger body. Did you see that a lot this year where, where teams would try to go and put the bigger body on Kalen Gary? Yep. It used to start with uh, Kalen. They would come after him with a faster person. But with Kalen, we know we can just put him down in the post, and he has so many moves. He finishes right hand, left hand, and that everybody tries to come at him now and just be more physical with him, try to stop him where he's running to but usually he can find a way out of that or he's willing to be the screener for somebody else. And, and he just finds a way out of that trap in there or, or somebody that's just trying to keep him from the basketball just does a great job doing that. So it was uh, fun to see him adjust to that and go and Everton Christian was, you're right. They were, I think in that game, they finished eight of 14 from three. You know, we would love to be eight of 14 from three. <laughs> Our last two games, I think we combined, we were like uh, 10 or 11 of 42 from the three-point line. But we still had solid leads in the second half of each game just because if we missed a three, we seem to go back down and just get another stop on defense. Did you feel there was pressure for you guys this year? And, and how did how did the, the team deal with maybe the pressure of knowing that you're really good, you've won – 60 some games in the last three years you're in the tournament the number one seed how do they handle the pressure that was you know that was a little bit going to be tough at the beginning of the season of you know we got through we were able to get the number one seed you know we we're kind of top rated you know beat a lot of teams a year ago and to come in this year and the schedule was pretty stacked and the, the teams around us were also getting better getting bigger a lot of seniors on there you had the Howard teams at, you know, 6'7", 6'5", 6'6", just big, big teams. And to be able to go through and, you know, the guys are like, well, we want to be the number one seed. We want to beat those teams. And and we knew we had, you know, another, another uh, what do I want to say, another classic game. We had added the Pentagon this year, so we were going to get matched up with somebody really good. And that wound up being Viberg Hurley. So they were kind of locked in, but yet, you know, we were a little nervous at the start because we had really tough games mm -hmm. right at the beginning. And, you know, summer was a little bit different. So, you know, there was a little bit of pressure, but once we came out and got playing and Damon stepped in to be such a big part of our team that, you know, they just settled in. And I always tell them, you know, we don't care if we 
lose a game, go undefeated, we're going to use these 20 games to figure out how we get out of the region and the round of 16 to get back to that state tournament. It's pretty rare that a team will play five or six the whole game for the whole season, and that's what pretty much you did all year long. Now, you're a farmer. You operate a, a grain and a cow-calf operation near to Spat. Uh, how does that? How challenging is that, being a farmer and then also being the coach for the boys' basketball team? Makes it a little tougher. You know, it's not bad. Like I say, the winter time is no big deal. If we have a normal fall and get harvest done before Thanksgiving, then, <laughs> then basketball practice is kind of a welcomed, uh, welcome thing at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm heading to town, and I got my two boys help me, and we have another uh, guy that works for me. And, and they are, get used to that, that I just kind of leave them stuff to do and and some days, honestly, we're done at 2 or 3 o'clock, and they get a little downtime. But now they know that when the season's over and uh, calving season's going to start here in about seven days, we'll hit it pretty hard. But, but now we're going to get really busy. So if the weather cooperates, it's a piece of cake. When it's when it's bad, it's a little tough to get all the cows fed get to practice. But we, we kind of make it work. I know farmers don't take any days off. What was it like being in Aberdeen for four days, though, at the state basketball tournament? Uh, it, it's nice to be away and we we're kind of wishing that we would have missed the snow last week because that kind of made it muddy and we're, we have a few cows that are calving real slow, but, uh, <laughs> my guy that works for me does a great job. I actually have my uncle, he lives down in Sioux Falls. He worked at the, uh, stockyards for years and down at Sioux Falls regional livestock and he's just retired. So he comes up and helps me, uh, watch the cows while I'm gone. And it's just great that, uh, he'll come up and do that. So just takes a lot of family support and uh, people just helping out because they know I'm doing what I love and, and they like being up here. So just uh, a lot of help really, really works out. There was a big dunk by Kalen Gary near the end of the game on the championship night. What was going through your mind after that dunk? Because the dismet crowd was going crazy. Yeah, that was, uh, he came down the floor. He kind of gave one look back to see if anybody was coming and how close they were and, and he sped up a little bit, and we knew what was coming. I think everybody jumped up. Uh, I've seen the video. My assistant coaches were both jumped right out of their chairs, and just that great emotion right there. And was almost the uh, I think Tory Holland had hit a three, a couple possessions right before that, and we got that same boost of we were we were feeling pretty confident. But when Kalen flushed that one down, it was just uh, one of those things that it is it is crazy. Was it relief? When the final horn? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think when when Kalen flushed that one down, you know, I think that was the everybody relaxed right there that, you know, they're not going to be able to throw in enough threes to get it. We were just talking about it a little bit ago that we watched the video a few times. And when when he throws that down and he's, you know, he's celebrating, he's kind of jogging back down the court and Ethan McCune is, is celebrating a little bit at halftime. Cody Cavanaugh's down there on the camera. And, but Everton Christian inbounds the basketball, makes two passes, makes a three. <laughs> Kalen literally looks up in the net, and the ball's coming out. By this time, he's down in the lane, and he's looking around like, oh, they just scored a basket. I better inbound the ball again. <laughs> you know, it was just like nobody right there. They were just, they were just ready. They knew they had, they had got that thing sealed. Well, it was the sixth straight appearance for Sioux Falls Christian in the Class A boys basketball tournament. And 
It was the uh, second title for the Chargers. Uh, they come back and they take out Sioux Valley, and the head coach Mike Scouten is joining us. Mike, uh, congratulations! You know it was your sixth appearance, but of course you qualified last year, and we all know what happened last year. What was the feeling at that time with the players you had a year ago, and because of COVID, you weren't going to play in the tournament? Did you think at one time that maybe it'd be tough to get back into the state tournament this year? Yeah, I thought we had a uh, uh, a nice group of, of, of guys coming back, some some good players, and uh, three returning starters. So we had a good nucleus returning. But uh, along with that, we had, I believe, a total of seven or eight letter winners. So we had kids that had some varsity experience uh, to go along with those three starters. And so... Just with uh, looking at that, at, at that combination of kids return, I thought we maybe had a chance to get to the state tournament, and uh, and we uh, were able to uh, to get that done this year. I know there are some multi-sport athletes on your team, but with, with the COVID thing and you know last during the summer not being able to do much, was it more important for these kids to work on their own last summer when it came to their basketball skills? Yeah, we uh, we had to we had some limited uh, contact. Uh, uh, last summer, we were able to play a few games out at the Pentagon um, and uh, had a few open gyms, but it was. It was very limited. And uh, so, yeah, definitely the kids had to uh, find time on their own to, to work on their game. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, I have a group of kids who love basketball, and uh, many of them did just that along with their the other sports that they were involved in. So, yeah, it's, that's what it takes. You know, the kids have to try to improve themselves in the off season. And uh, our kids uh, did a really good job of doing that. I think you won seven of your first eight. Were you playing really good basketball at that time, or were you kind of getting by sometimes? <laughs> no, we were uh, we were playing pretty well, and uh, you know we uh, uh, were able to you know have a a fall uh, open gym time, and and that really helped too. As starting to put together a, a team with uh, just trying to get some chemistry going, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, we you know, like I said, we had a, a number of, of really good players coming back, so they uh, were able to um, get going right out of the gates, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, through our first few weeks of practice. Uh, but you know, it's like every probably every year you, you just rely on a lot of times early on you're relying on the talent of your kids, and and we had some good talent there, and and they uh, were played really well to start the year. Well, right in the middle of the season, uh, you have to uh, go to Vermilion, and certainly the Tanagers were one of the top teams in, in Class A, and you lose on the road by, by like, 13. Uh, what were you thinking after that loss at Vermilion? Yeah, that was uh, – you know, that would be a real challenge going down there, and they had um, all five of their starters back, and they had a good team last year, so we knew it would be a really tough game. Um the final score is probably not really indicative of the closest of the game. Uh, I believe it was a three-point game with three minutes to go. So it was it was a good ball game, and uh, they played very well. And uh, so, but you know, we knew that going in that you know that they were going to be good and that the game would be difficult. And uh, as I said, they played really well and uh, they got a win. And uh, you know, we just. When you play in the in the DAC 12, you got just night in and night out. You got a, a tough uh-huh. opponent, uh-huh. so we knew that going in, and we just knew that well. We got to go on to the next game and, and just kind of 
keep trying to get better as the season progressed. Well, I know you always have a, a tough schedule too, Mike. And when it, when it comes to mm-hmm. late in the season, you know what you lost three of your last five games. Of course, it was mm-hmm. Western Christian out there in Hall. That that's always a good game for you guys. And uh, Sioux Valley, you played Sioux Valley in Flandreau. Um, mm-hmm. What was going through your mind? Uh, you know, end of the regular season, you, you find out where you're playing in the playoffs. Um, what were what was going on in your mind with with your team and how they can compete? Yeah, we uh, you know we had a, like you said a tough stretch. We had a Harrisburg in there as well, and and just in that in about five days there we went we played Harrisburg, Sioux Valley, and Flandreau. <laughs> um, so that was a, a a tough run, but you know I, I really feel that. That's the kind of thing you want to have as you're running up the year to uh, help prepare yourself for tournaments where you're going to, you know, if you get to the state tournament, you're going to have three tough games in, in close in three days. So uh, we, I, I really like that schedule. Um, would have liked to have had a little more time to prepare maybe, you know, for Sioux Valley and Flandreau, but um, we were, we had to just kind of rely on how we've been preparing throughout the year. Yeah, it was like three and, games uh, in four days. That uh, with exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a tough run and against good opponents. Late in the season, uh, you get an injury to one of your top players, uh, mm-hmm. Noah Van Dockers. Good. What what happened uh, with that injury, and what was your thoughts when you knew that your your one of your best players was going to go down for for the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. We got we lost Noah in our first region game with Vince Garrison uh, with a dislocated ankle, and. Uh, you know, your first thoughts are just for, for him and how devastating that would be for him. And, and it was devastating for our team. Uh, that was a a very sad locker room after that game, even though you got a tournament win where you should be happy. There, were, there wasn't a lot of joy in the locker room. We were all very concerned and disappointed for, for Noah. But, uh, you know, we got a text from his dad uh, the day later and, and Noah and his dad just told us that Noah had said, you know, the guys will be fine. They'll clutch it up is what his quote was. And uh, they'll get it done. And I think that just gave us a real boost of confidence, uh, knowing that Noah still felt that uh, we were capable of going out and winning it. And just hearing that from him, I believe, really helped us and helped, helped motivate us to to try to go get this uh, state tournament or state championship for him. Well, he's that 6'5 type post player, can be outside as well. So what did you do to find the contributor or contributors who were going to cover for him uh, as the playoffs mm-hmm. continued? Yeah, uh, you know, I just kind of challenged the kids. I I told the kids, you know, well, Noah averages 16 a game, so I just said, can, can four of you score four more or can five of you score three more? And, and they all went, yeah, 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 we can do it. <laughs> same thing with the rebounds and his assists. You know, uh-huh. Just challenge everybody just to do a little more. And, you know, not a a lot more, but just a little bit more. And um, and then uh, we replaced him with Nathan Cool. Um, he took his spot in the starting lineup. And Nathan really stepped up big. Uh, he played great. Had a really good tournament. And uh, so we got just everybody's kind of just up their game a little bit more. And it got great contributions from all those kids who, who were out there on the floor. And so we just kind of rallied as a team and uh, decided that, you know, we were just going to try to uh, make up for Noah's loss through everybody just contributing just a touch more. Well, when you, call, when you qualified for state, you had little time to prepare and get ready for your first round opponent, which was St. Thomas Moore. I don't think St. Thomas Moore's ever lost in the first round, but you beat him by 11. What did you like in that game with your team? I really liked our uh, 
our, our defense. Uh, I really feel that the last six games of the year, our defense effort was really, really improved. And um, I believe that's what carried us throughout the whole tournament. And, uh, and when we played, we played good defense a lot of times, at least a good offense too. And so we were able to uh, shoot a high percentage um, throughout the whole tournament. But really, it was our defense that carried us through the last six games of the year. Hmm. And then you go on and take on a team that was way sky high because Del Rapids had had beaten Vermilion, the top seed, the night before with a last-second shot. Uh, What kind of concerns did you have knowing that Del Rapids was coming in sky high for the semifinals? Yeah, Dell's has got uh, some really talented guards and some good some good players, and was really uncomfortable. I guess I guess a little bit uh, just knowing we had to play them again because we had played them earlier and we we did beat them. But you know, a lot of the times that just gives uh, it would give them a little more of a revenge factor, I guess, to try to beat us this time. But uh, once the kid, once again, our kids just really stepped it up on the defensive end and. We're able to do a good job on those on those guards from Dells, and uh, and that's really what what propelled us to that win against them that night too. What was the defense specifically? How were you handling it? Uh, was it more man to man or was it more zone? Uh, it was man to man. Well, that's pretty much our our base defense is man to man. We don't we don't play a lot of zone, and uh, but just the way the kids. Uh, came together and played really good, solid team defense, you know, and, and just their intensity on the defensive end uh, was ratcheted up. And as I said earlier, that, that's what's been going on for about the last six games of the year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what we needed. Uh, and, and all of a sudden you heard the kids talking about it, you know, about playing defense. And, um, so they were, they bought in as to, they, they could see too, that that was what was carrying us uh, through these last few games. So it was really good to see them. Uh, you know, defense isn't fun. It's not fun <laughs> to play. You know, everybody, everybody wants to score. But uh, you know, our kids bought into that defensive concept. And, and as I said, it just really uh, propelled us through this whole tournament. Well, you go to the championship game and you lost to Sioux Valley by 10 uh, just, just like a month ago. What was your biggest concern with Sioux Valley um, going into that final game? Well, when we played them up there, they they uh, shot really well, um, and so that was a big concern that if they get going, uh, shooting the ball well, it was going to be a tough night. Um, but once again, we um, were able to uh, guard their guards really well. Uh, we kind of tried to take away some of the things that hurt us the first time, and uh, the kids uh, did that very well again. And uh, of course, you know, we shot phenomenally well and better than we did up there. And so just a combination of... of Almost 62%. 62% yeah. from the floor. That's pretty good there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll help you win a lot of games, for sure. And uh, that kind of shooting along with just, uh, you know, increased defensive uh, intensity uh, was really kind of a, what really propelled us to win last night. Was it one of those two? I mean, it was quick. You won by 34. Uh, was it one of those where you struck quick and it was just tough for Sioux Valley to come back right away? You just got out early and, and, and didn't stop at all. Yeah, I think that was a lot to do with it, that, that quick start and that big start. 22-7 uh, to seven could, start in the first quarter. Right. Yeah, and you could kind of see it on, uh, you know, you could just see our confidence building as the game 
went on because we were able to continue to build the lead. And you could see uh, in Sioux Valley's kids that they were getting a little down and didn't have quite the pep in their step they had earlier in the game. And, you know, and so just a combination of that, getting that momentum going, and we just kept it rolling. And, you know, I, we just kept waiting, too, for them to make a big run, but we were able to prevent that. And uh, because of that, we we were able to build that real comfortable lead and, and then hold on to, to get the win. Hey, compare this team with that 2016 team. You beat St. Thomas Moore in the finals. That was back in 2016. What was the biggest difference between these two, or were they a lot alike? I would say they were a lot alike. Uh, that team also, uh, back in two, 2016, were, uh, had some very skilled offensive players, but uh, really bought in on the defensive end, too. And um, you know, that team back then was probably a little more size, and you know, we had some kids go off, uh, several kids go play college ball off that team. And we got a, our three seniors were probably are, are heading off to play college ball as well. So that's, that's how they were similar. Uh, and both teams had good role players. And uh, so I'd say uh, when you're comparing the two that they're, they're pretty similar. And, uh, but yet in their own way, a little bit unique. And, uh, and so just, you know, just, I was just, I'm just proud to be a part of both those, those teams and, and just uh, happy to know those guys and, and be a part of their lives for a few, for a few years. Mike, how have you done it? How have you done it there at Sioux Falls Christian? I mean, it's been a great run. You've been to the tournament now six years in a row. You're one of the dominant teams all the time. How have you done it there for the Chargers? You know, basketball is a pretty big deal at Sioux Falls Christian. And so our kids are, our parents are getting those kids started really young. And they're putting them on teams and getting leagues. And they're getting some, uh, you know, individual instruction as well. And, uh, and then we've got a good, good set of coaches in our in our junior high, and we got some excellent coaches in our for our freshman and JV. So, just a combination of, you know, um, when you have a tradition, everybody wants to kind of be a part of it. So those kids, when they're young, they're starting right away, and they they want to have, you know, they they want to have their chance too. And uh, Tyler Prince mentioned it last night at the homecoming that. He watched that 2016 team as an eighth grader, and that just motivated him to want to do the same thing. And and so that's a big deal. Uh, you know, we have you know, our, our younger kids see that, and they see that success, and they want to be a part of it. And so they put in the time and the effort to make themselves better, and it just kind of just kind of keeps going. And so, um, you know, we appreciate the uh, all the efforts the parents put in, but then also the all the hard work and the time our, our lower level coaches put in because they're the ones that really get them started and get them going in the right direction. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're just thankful that the kids love basketball and that they're putting time in to get better and, and helping us uh, as a team once they get to that varsity level. The Sioux Falls Roosevelt Rough Riders get their third title in history as they defeated Sioux Falls O'Gorman in the title game out in Rapid City and the head coach Mitch Begaman joining us on in play coach congratulations it was a tournament that you know a lot of people were looking at Yankton certainly with with Matthew Moore's name and, and Sioux Falls Washington and Sioux Falls O'Gorman 
uh, on a hot roll into the double-A tournament. Uh, and, and then they kind of mentioned Roosevelt. Did you did you get that feeling, too, at, at times before the tournament started? Certainly. You know, I think anytime you go into a state tournament, obviously you always hope hope that your team's playing their best basketball. And uh, I certainly felt like we were doing that and we were progressing towards that. But, you know, I felt like after the Yankee game when we got beat down there, um, that really kind of just changed a lot for us. We just We just – seemed a little bit more focused but we kind of rattled off some wins and uh we we i'll tell you what i thought our focus before the state tournament you know it was a long layover we literally had three games and or two games in about two and a half weeks and um i just this team i'd never seen a team so focused before before state tournament um and i think that had a huge piece to it but this this group of seniors and and this team this year i thought was uh just tremendous throughout the whole entire year and, and they wanted it and it showed this is uh, your sixth year, Mitch. I remember that first year. You only won one game, and I think that was that was a district game, wasn't it? I think it was. <laughs> it was up at Watertown in the, in the you were in the region game. Yeah, you or, were, excuse me, it was a, yeah, it was the region game, and uh, we got a chance. We had to go play Harrisburg after that to go to the state tournament, but uh, that was the one win of that year. Only one year, one year, or one game that first year. How much, how much experience, you know, you had a lot of experience in, in, in the playoffs, in tournament play. How much did that help you prepare over this time being at Roosevelt now and, and eventually getting into the championship game and how to handle that? You know, I think it, I think it helped quite a bit, to be honest with you. Um, the message I tried to send last night before the game was just simply, like, Tell the guys that this, these moments don't happen very often. It's, it's really hard. Some kids never get this opportunity, and uh, but you have to go out and embrace it and enjoy it. I think that was my, my main message last night. And, um, you know, I, I know it's a state championship, but it, it, it's no different than any other game that you played. And we, I try to preach that we just got to continue to do what we've done all year long to get here, and that can't change. And I think that was really just trying to keep things as simple as possible. You know, we're not trying to reinvent anything new. We're not trying to do anything differently. Do what you've done the entire year because that's how you got here and that's what will make you successful. You, you said that uh, this championship was uh, a long time in the making. Uh, what did you mean about that? Well, this group of seniors, you know, they're they're uh, a very talented bunch. And, um, you know, quite frankly, I think if, if you know, a lot of them are all multi-sport athletes, and, um They've had that kind of monkey on their back for a while with, with uh, not not necessarily getting to the uh, championship. And um, when they got that thing off their backs on Friday night, I was uh, really happy for them. But, you know, they were so motivated. They were so focused. And uh, this group has been a special group to us. You know, they came in that, that, that year after their, our tough year, and um, they, they really set the tone for this culture, this program. And they kind of helped us get some, get some wins on the board and kind of turn the corner every single year. And, and, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to see a group kind of go out on top. Tucker Large, Marcus Phillips, uh, Tyler Feldkamp, uh, those were the youngsters, right, that, that just came in, you know, when you came in. But what did they do to bring this program to where it is today? You know, I, I think a lot of it's just um, their, competitive, their competitive desire to want to win. You know, um, something that we've really just kind of preached to our guys the last few years is, you have to come to work every day and be competitive. You can't come to work and, and think that you can just show up and, and uh, things are going to happen. And, and this group did, certainly did not do that by any means. They, they came to work. They knew what was at stake every single day. Um, you know, 
I think it's just a huge part of who these kids are. They're competitors. And every day at practice, we talked about being competitive. And, you know, there were days that they didn't like me and, and probably days I didn't like them. But um, they always came ready to go. They always came ready to want to get better. But most importantly, they wanted to compete every single day. And I think that's kind of what led them to be here. And I'm just glad that they got the opportunity um, to host that trophy because it's something that they've been dreaming about for a long time. That attitude, though, Mitch, has to come from somewhere. And I'm assuming it's coming from you because I watched you play. You were competitive. Has that rubbed off on your team, being a very competitive person? <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm a pretty competitive person in everything I do, whether I'm uh, – playing golf against my dad and brother or I'm just uh, out doing something. I'm a competitive person. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, obviously, my focus is always trying to just to help the kids and try to be better. Um, but, yeah, it, there's there's a lot to do with that. But uh, just proud of these kids. and I'm proud of everything that they've done for this program. And uh, I'm, just, I'm glad that I got to be a part of it with them because uh, they're a special group and they'll never be forgotten. He's Mitch Begaman, the Roosevelt boys basketball coach. They win their third title in the AA boys basketball tournament, beating O'Gorman. Uh, defense was big for you. How did you make it difficult for other teams this year? You know, when we uh, when we had this group four years ago, um, you know, we kind of installed this pressure defense type philosophy. Um, you know, we, we installed this full court pressure that because this uh, we, we looked at this group as. You know, they're a bunch of athletes that can run up and down the floor, uh, multi-sport athlete kids, and we just try to figure out how could we how could we help these kids and put them in the best situation possible. And, you know, we kind of came up when we actually changed it, our whole court, our whole half-court defense, and uh, we, uh, we, we've installed this pressure defense, and, and they've really embraced it. They loved it. They wanted to play fast. So we kind of tried to uh, get that going a little bit more as well. But um, this group is just, again, we, 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 we worked it. We preached it every day. It's who we are. Our, our team is built on our defense. And, you know, our, our whole goal was to try to make things as difficult as possible every single night. And we felt like if we could do that, we could be in any single game. And, uh, you know, our defense was incredible the last three nights. And we really made things difficult for, for all three teams, I felt like. But it takes a whole entire team. It takes a lot of kids to be able to do that. And it takes a competitive group that wants to do that as well. You got by Brandon Valley in the first uh, day, but then here comes Yankton, the Yankton Bucks. Matthew Moore is one of the most decorated players we've seen in AA. He has stated that he was very motivated to win another title. What was it like when that game started? Yankton and Roosevelt and Matthew Moore's, uh, what was it like knowing that both teams were pretty much on a roll? You know, uh, in the last two years we've played them, you know, I feel like I've had to prepare for this kid for, you know, practically my whole entire career. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But we've always had some time. And uh, we've been fortunate enough to have about four or five days to prepare for them. And it, obviously, if you talk to any coach, you know you kind of have to prepare a lot differently for this team and Matthew because you know he's an exceptional player. And you know uh, he's going to score baskets. But how do you prepare to make things as difficult as possible? So with that said, obviously, we had about 12 hours to kind of prepare our kids. And the good thing is, is you know, we, we, we kind of knew what we needed to do already. But, you know, when you don't have that, a lot of that preparation time, it's, you just kind of wonder, okay, how are they going to figure it out in this sort of time? But um, we just – we had two kids that did a tremendous job, and Marcus Phillips and Michael Paulson. And Marcus actually went out in the first half with three fouls. And so Michael had to come in and, and spell that time. And I thought they did just a great job. Again, at the end of the day, Matthew is going to score baskets. We knew that. But we've, we've just – 
thought, how can we make things as difficult as possible for him to score the basketball? And obviously, in the, in the flip side, you also got to lock in the other guys as well. I think the first time he played them, we gave up 19 points to Jaden Crawl, and I think that was the difference in the game. So uh, we knew we had to keep those other guys in check. We knew we had to rebound the basketball, and uh, you know our offense really got it going. We kind of we kind of controlled the tempo from the start, and we pushed it in transition, and we kind of took off from there. 69-43, absolutely offensively went uh, went went crazy against a, a really good Yankton team. And then in the championship game, it's O'Gorman. They had won 11 in a row. They were the hottest team coming into the tournament. Um, what was the biggest concern you had against the Knights for the championship game? Well, yeah, absolutely. They were definitely the hottest team. I felt like we were, you know, right behind them. You know, it was, I, I truly think it was the two hottest teams playing in, in the state championship. And, um, you know, they've, they've been playing extremely well. They've been shooting it well. And their post players have been really, really good down the stretch for them. And so, obviously, we knew we needed guard shooters. You know, Matthew Eng, um, Cade Moffitt. Ben Renshaw and, and Reese Arbogast are all been playing extremely well for them um, as of late. And then Eddie Myler and David Alpers and uh, Joe Lynch have also been really good for them as well. And so we knew two things that we could control, and that was our defense and our rebounding. And if we could do those two things, we knew we'd have a chance. And, uh, you know, I, I think someone told me a stat today. I think we held them one for 29 from the three-point line. And that just says a lot. You know, that says, you know, who we are. Our defense is just tremendous. It was solid. We were we were forcing them into tough threes, and um, you know it was kind of one of those games where first half it was kind of um, just kind of not ugly, but just two teams that were really trying hard, and just things weren't going going in the basket for us. But second half we kind of came out and we made a couple adjustments, and and actually really just the ball kind of started falling for us. But our defense created our offense, and and it kind of jump started us. And Marcus Phillips hit a few baskets for us, and Tyler Feldkamp hit a few baskets, and you know we just kind of took off. Last 30 seconds of the game, you know you're going to win the championship. What was going through your mind? You know, Craig, it's, it's uh, the last four minutes and 24 seconds. I told a lot of people this felt like a marathon. I, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but when when uh, Coach Roby started subbing in and the clock started coming down, it kind of has set in, but it really has not sank in yet. It was just, it's a crazy feeling, but an exciting feeling. You know, it's, it's a lot of hard work a lot of time, energy spent the last five years and getting to this point. And this is not just about um, the kids, our, t- you know, our coaching staff. It's about everybody. And, and it's about kids in our program that didn't get an opportunity last year. And uh, we just, you know, we're so, so grateful to get to play this season um, and in a state tournament this year. And I know we'll never take this for granted. And something I told our kids after the fact uh, when we were in the locker room last night was, you know, you guys are state champions. You earned this opportunity and no one can ever take it away from you but also know that this is a year that will go down in history books and some people are never going to forget that you guys were able to do this in a year that has obviously been as tough as it has and so again something that I'm very very appreciative of it's a, a great thing to be able to accomplish um, but it's not done alone it takes a whole entire team a program a squad to be able to do these things and and uh, I'm just very fortunate to be a part of it. Mitch, you never got a chance to win a state title uh, when you played at O'Gorman. Your dad, Mike, never won a title but came so close so many times. He's been a huge supporter for you. He's at your games. He, he even wears the, the Roosevelt gear at times. What was it like when you saw your dad when you won the championship? Uh, pretty special, Craig. It's, uh, um, you know, like you said, we never 
got a chance to win one together. Obviously, it was something that uh, we really worked hard towards. And um, when we came up short two years in a row, um, it, it, it stung. And obviously, it's been with me ever since. And when I followed his footsteps into this profession, um, obviously, it's always been a goal. But, um, you know, he's been a huge part of my life. He's who I am. Uh, he's the reason why I obviously chose this profession. And uh, without him, I wouldn't be here today. Um, he's the guy that I lean on. Um, and he's been there for me since the start. And I can't thank that man enough. But uh, um, this one's for him as well. He's he's equally as important as anybody else in this program, on this team, um, because he has a huge part in this. He, you know, he's retired now, as you know, and he spends a lot of time kind of hanging around. Obviously, he doesn't <laughs> miss a game, has uh-huh. been to every game. I don't think he has missed a game in five years, to be honest with you. And so he's uh, this one's for him as well. And I know he's really proud, but um, I'm just very, very, again, blessed to be here in this position. Um, I've loved this time at Roosevelt. This is a great, special place. And, you know, we've 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 come a long ways. And I think that's what we're most proud of is it, uh, you know, it, it started from the bottom and, and uh, it's, it's, it's gotten better every single year. And obviously we've reached the top. But uh, we know that um, it's just a start for us, and we hope that we can continue to do this and, and keep helping these kids be successful and um, both on and off the floor because that's what it's all about, is seeing kids you know, have success. And uh, obviously winning is fun, but we want to make sure our kids are doing the right thing and going on in life and being successful as well. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us gain new listeners. This has been In Play with me, Craig Madden. This is a production of South Dakota Public Broadcasting.